Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening today and joining us on this uh, beginning of uh, Memorial Day holiday in 2018. Uh, today, we have got a very special guest. Um, Travis Wendt is a renowned fishing guide in Oregon and Washington and Idaho and Alaska. And uh, he's been in the business for a long, long time. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Uh, but Travis, are uh, you on the line with us? Yes, Ted, I'm, I'm here with you. Terrific. Well, welcome. Well, welcome. Well, we sure appreciate yep, the, the, the chance to talk with you today and uh, looking forward to uh, just hearing a little about your adventures and your background and that sort of thing. How, how did you get involved in the fishing business, Travis? Well, um, as a kid, I was always into fishing, um, always fished with my grandparents, parents, family, um, everywhere we went, we fished. So yeah. it's always been in my blood and, and, um, you know, it's, it's always something that, that I've done. Uh -huh. And when I was about 14, uh, my cousin actually started dating, uh, a fishing guide who is the, uh, the outfitter I currently work for. And he needed a, a deck hand and somebody to maintain the shop and clean the boat and do the bait and all that stuff. And so I, uh, you know, I, I pretty much volunteered and said, Hey, I, I can do this. So yeah. I started deck handing on the weekends and, um, a couple hours throughout the week, you know, washing boats, all that good stuff. Right. And from there on, it just kind of progressed. Um, you know, learn more and more about the fisheries, about the rivers, started fishing new places, traveling around with him. Uh -huh. And uh, when it came time to, to make a decision on where I wanted to go in my life, um, basically fishing is the only thing I knew and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to, to go ahead and get licensed, uh, go through all the Coast Guard stuff. And, and uh, when I turned 18, I I got licensed and two weeks after I graduated high school, I was on a plane to Alaska and that kind of started my Alaska gig. Uh -huh. um, I started out in a, a camp on the Nushigak and, right. and um, you know, just uh, fishing off the, the bank there and helping run the camp. And then, um, oh, working through college, I, I guided on the weekends right. and then once I graduated college I, I decided to go full-time in the guide industry and and uh, uh, bought my own boat all, all my own gear everything and from there on out I've, I've been full-time that was back in I went full-time in 2011 and I was uh, a licensed guide in 2008 so wow. I've been around for for quite a while been you know been a licensed guide for 10 years but I've been in the industry for a little over 13 now yeah that that that's an eternity in the industry, it seems like. Where, where did you, yeah, <laughs> where did you, yeah, where did you grow up, Travis? So I grew up in Lewiston, Idaho. Um, a lot of people know it as Lewis Clark Valley. Right. Uh, here we have the, the Clearwater River and the Snake River that flow together. And the Clearwater is one of the best steelhead rivers in the in the nation. And that's that's what I grew up on, fell in love with, with the steelhead fishing. And, um, so yeah, it was a great, great place to grow up. It's, 
it's an outdoorsman's paradise, you know, whether you like to, to fish or hunt or bowl. Right. This is kind of the prime spot for it. Now you and have, so I couldn't uh, get myself to move away. Now you have something, uh, you have a run of steelhead called the bee run steelhead. Is that right? Yeah, so the Clearwater gets to run a B-run steelhead, and uh, it's it's a larger strain of steelhead, and there's an A-run and a B-run. The B-runs are bigger. They average, uh, oh, most years they average about 12 pounds, but we do get them upwards of 20 and some sometimes even into the 22-pound range. Oh, my. Um, and that's, that's um, you know, what the Clearwater is famous for, and and that's where I've spent about ninety percent of my time um, when I'm guiding steel at it's on the Clearwater for those big bee run fish. Right now, now uh, you're running um, on the Clearwater. I would imagine you're running a, 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 a some sort of jet sled. Is that right? And and you work for uh, or work with real time uh, uh, fishing outfitters, right? Yep, yep. So I'm a, a licensed uh, guide, employee guide for real-time fishing. Operate all my uh, trips under his permits in Idaho, mm -hmm. and uh, run it run it out of a 22-foot custom-built jet sled. They're built locally here in the Lewis Clark Valley. Uh, it's called yeah. a Wyatt Water boat. And um, as a matter of fact, the the owner of the the boat company is is my boss's father. So. It's kind of a um, company that's, you know, he's a guide himself. So they're, they're guide boats built by guides for guides. And um, so they're, they're a great boat, um, fully custom built, uh, you know, right here in the valley. So uh -huh. don't have to go far. And they're, they're a fantastic boat. They're, they're set up perfect for, for what I'm using them for. Wow, that's terrific. So, so when you're you're uh, you know you're fishing steelhead right now, how are you fishing for them on on the Clearwater? So for uh, steelhead, I primarily side drift um, either bait, bait, eggs, or shrimp, or a lot of times I just run a, a peg bead. And the peg bead fishery has really gotten popular over the last couple of years. Um, you know, when I first started in this 10, 13 years ago, it was prim primarily all egg fishing. That's all we right. did was just fish egg. And now I would say 70% of the baits I throw are, are baitless. Uh, it's either just a plain yarn ball or it's a peg bead. And they, most days, those, those outfits outfish anything else you want to throw out there. Why, and, why um, is that? that? I mean, that just, uh. Uh, astounds me. I've heard that that uh, now these uh, artificial uh, looking baits are are outfishing mm -hmm. the, the real thing. Yeah, yeah. I really don't understand why. Um, I don't know if it's just something that the fish have adapted to. Um, I, I, I really don't know. I, I, I really think the the Clearwater is such a clean river. You know, it, we don't get the the mud or the silt like a lot of the coastal rivers will get. Um, and I think a smaller presentation with like a single bead, um, you know, really, really helps when you sure. have a, a, you know, 15 foot of visibility or, or what, you know, whatever we can get there in, in the fall and in the wintertime. Right. So I think right. the smaller, the better. I think that's why, you know, going away from the big gobs, the, the eggs, oh. 
Oh, that's uh, interesting. Now, in, in a couple months, you sort of pack your bags and you're headed back up to Alaska for a while, right? Yeah, so I'll be flying up to Alaska here the end of June, um, first part of July there. I fish for uh, a lodge called Chignik Bay Adventures. It's down on the Alaskan Peninsula, um, kind of like you're heading out to the Aleutian Islands. We're uh, about 200 miles west of Kodiak Island. It's a uh -huh. uh, very remote very very remote uh lodge it's in a village called chignik bay uh, we're the only lodge within 100 miles so out there there's there's no combat fishing you know no sharing holes and um it, it's 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 a great area it's it's very very beautiful out there and and uh, the fishing's excellent now so i'll be uh be doing that for about a month and um fishing kings and and halibut up there now, are the waters protected up there? I mean, or are you fishing open ocean? Yeah, so uh, basically it's a big bay. It's just a big giant bay that we fish. Um, you know, it's so big you actually think that you're out on the open ocean, but, but you're really not. And it's pretty protected out there. We don't get the big swell. We don't get the big chop unless we have a major storm come through. So, you know, we're running our river sleds out there. We don't go way out. We don't you know, we don't believe in fishing the, the 600, 700 foot water like a lot of the other charter operations do. Um, right. You know, most of our halibut fishing's, you know, 100 foot or less. Um, occasionally we'll go out to 150, but it's, you know, we focused on the shallow fisheries and the way that bay is set up, it, it um, is conducive to, to that shallow water halibut fishery. Mm -hmm. And uh, the river there, it's a really small river. It's only about five miles long. And then on a good year, we'll get, uh, you know, four or 5,000 kings up in that river. And they all stack in that five miles. And so um, really, when they're stacked there, it's, it can be an absolute uh, slaughter fest. Yeah, and, no kidding. Um, it's a lot of fun. And you're about the only people in there, huh? Yeah, but, uh, except for the locals, and um, there's a small fishing game office there, and sometimes on their time off, they'll go out and fish. But in terms of lodges, you know, we're it. We're we're the ones there, and, and we've been there for a long time. The owner, John and Marianne, have, have made Chignik their home for the last 30 years, so uh -huh. they've uh, they've been fishing that water for a long time. And I've wow. been fishing it for, this will be my 10th season up there, so um, it's... Uh, we know it. We know it quite well. We know it. Uh, yeah. we know it really well. I I would just I would just be giddy looking forward to going up there every year. It uh, sounds like heaven if you're a fisherman. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a great place. Great trip. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Travis, just a, a a quick question. We have a lot of listeners that are newer guides or or people considering to be uh, uh, guides and outfitters. If if you were to give somebody uh, you know just a, a little bit of advice about getting into your industry, what would you tell them? Well, there's a lot of information I could give, but um, uh, oh, basically, I'd I would probably say, you know, you have to be willing to be diverse and willing to make changes. You know, these last couple of years with these struggling salmon and steelhead runs, you know, it's kind of left us high and dry in some spots. And a lot of guides have, have either gone under or, you know, are, are struggling to make it. And you just have to be willing to right. maybe move to a, a new location or maybe pick up a different species. 
Um, you know, for me personally, mm -hmm. I've, I've picked up a couple new species uh, in the last couple of years. I've, I've started walleye fishing and I've also started kokanee fishing, which, you know, I never had done before, but, um, you know, with the, with the struggling runs comes struggling bookings and you just have to, have to, have to be willing to, to be diverse and just go out there and, and make sure you're well-rounded and, and, uh, you know, everything you can be. You make a really, really good point. Uh, if you look at, at uh, fishing as a business, I was talking to a gentleman the other day on our, uh, on our podcast, Dustin Warranty out of uh, Texas. And he was saying exactly the same thing is that you've got to be, you know, diverse. You've got to have multiple streams of income coming in because you really don't know what's going to happen regulatory wise or, you know, just the, you know, the nature of the, the, of the beast where the fish don't show up or whatever else. And I think it's really smart of you to uh, pick up the, you know, the walleye and the, um, the, the, the kokanee to your quiver of offerings, because let's face it, people want to fish and, you know, granted, you know, going after a big sturgeon or going after a, a, a nice king would be maybe preferable to a lot of people. If they're not around, you know, hey, walleye is kind of fun, and, and there's some big walleye where you're at, and the same with kokanee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's all and just just making sure you can make it when something doesn't go quite right. That that is exactly right. Well, Travis, over the last ten years, I'm sure you've you know you've had thousands of trips, and 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 uh, multiply that probably by. 50, you know, all the memorable moments that you've had uh, on the water. But is there one that stuck out where, you know, maybe you were fishing somebody as a client or maybe on a trip all on your own that um, you go, wow, that was really kind of cool or that was amazing. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> well, like you said, there's so many, it's hard to come up with, with one and, and uh, you know, it's hard to jog my memory but uh there is one uh up in alaska and we have fished this group um a lot they come up every year and the the father of of the group uh he was an older guy in his late 80s and he he insisted on fishing everything with light line light light rod light reel light line and i'm, I'm talking like way light like ultra light stuff and up there, you know, we yeah. don't have small fish. It's big fish. Our kings are big and the halibut are big. And um, so there was there was multiple times where I, I uh, you know, we've hooked into some, some massive some fish. There's, there was one time I hooked him into a, oh, it was about a 30-pound king. And he had a, oh, I think he was using about 10-pound mono. Ooh. And we, we fought that fish for, for over an hour. And, uh, you know, big noodle, long noodle rod. And I don't know how many 360s I did in that boat to keep that, that fish from going under and cutting the line. But I was, I was pretty dizzy by the end of it, spinning around in circles. But uh, he insisted and, and uh, we got it in. And he, he caught multiple fish on that light line. But, but man, uh -huh. yeah, he, he insisted. That's, that's what he did. And, and um, really? you know, a couple of days later, he we were out halibut fishing, and the same thing happened. He hooked a seventy-pound halibut on on the same rod. He would use the same rod whether he was fishing for kings or halibut. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, same story. I mean, it just absolutely tore him up as expected. But uh, he, uh, that's that's one well, thing that, that, that would always like a memorable time for him also. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that'll always stick in my brain for uh, you know <laughs> um, for time to come. Well, that's great. Well, Travis, we really appreciate the chance to uh, chat with you today. It's always fun. Um, you and I have been associated for a couple of years now, and I always enjoy just uh, hearing your stories and seeing what, uh, hearing what's going on. If somebody wants to contact you uh, in regards to maybe a, a trip uh, on the Clearwater in Idaho or uh, uh, maybe a section of the Columbia or Snake or even going up to Alaska, how do they reach you? Mm-hmm. So they could contact me. Uh, they can either call me directly at 208-790-4113. Um, they could also send a text to that number, or they can send me an email at uh, uh, went, W-E-N-D-T, Travis, at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Or they could go to our website. It's realtime. It's uh, R-E-L timefishing.com. Very good. And and my understanding is that you're now running a, a small lodge or, or have lodging for people there in, in Idaho. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So my outfitter purchased a lodge a couple of years ago, right on the Clearwater in the little town of uh, Lenore, Idaho. And we can house up to about 14 people there. And it's wow. a nice, nice place. Um, it's fully furnished, um, you know, kitchen, everything like that. You have to provide your own meals, but all the utensils, everything you need are there. Um, it's got a covered deck that overlooks the river. And uh, it's, it's, it's a really nice place. And, you know, all the clients that stay there absolutely love it. So it's a, it's a great place. And when you have a big group, you know, it's nice to, to all be in one spot instead of be broken up into, you know, hotel rooms for, you know, a couple of you nights. Bet. So. You bet. Well, Travis, thank you so much again. I, it's been uh, been a pleasure uh, uh, chatting with you, and I'm sure everybody that's listening today um, has enjoyed the the conversation and probably t- have taken a few notes too. So um, anyway, well, hey, have a great 2018 and uh, safe travels, my friend. Yep, you too, Ted. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah.